The virtual CISO moment is brought to you by VCISO Services, a leading provider of quality and experienced virtual chief information security officers for small and mid-sized businesses. Check them out at vcisoservices.com. Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the Virtual CISO Moment Cyber Quick Strike from Monday, March 6th, 2023. Well, as you know, AI has been in the news recently. Now from the Washington Post, a little bit of some disturbing information. Impersonation scams in the United States rise. Technology is now making it easier and cheaper for bad actors to mimic voices, convincing people, often the elderly, that their loved ones are in distress. In 2022, imposter scams were the second most popular racket in America with over 36,000 reports of people being swindled by those pretending to be friends and family, according to data from the Federal Trade Commission. Over 5,100 of those incidents happened over the phone, according to the accounting, rather, for over 11 million in losses, according to FTC officials. Now, advances in artificial intelligence have added a terrifying new layer. They allow the bad actors to replicate a voice with just an audio sample of just a few sentences. Powered by AI, a slew of cheap online tools can translate an audio file into a replica of a voice, allowing a swindler to make it speak, whatever they type. AI voice generating software analyzes what makes a person's voice unique, including age, gender, and accent and searches a vast database of voices to find similar ones and predict patterns. It can then recreate the pitch, timbre, and the individual sounds of a person's voice to create an overall effect that is similar, he added. This is a quote from the article. It requires a short sample of audio taken from places such as YouTube podcasts and YouTube videos and commercials, TikTok, Instagram, or Facebook videos, according to the article. That's a little bit uh, disheartening if you think about it, and that's probably an understatement. From Security Affairs, American fast food restaurant and favorite in many places, including down here in beautiful Franklin, Tennessee, fast food chain Chick-fil-A reported that the accounts of over 71,000 users were compromised as a result of a credential stuffing scan. So Chick-fil-A notified these users that their accounts had been compromised from the scam that lasted at least two months. Upon discovering the attack, the company immediately took steps to prevent any further unauthorized activity and launched an investigation into the incident with the help of a unnamed forensic firm. Quote, we recently identified suspicious login activity to certain Chick-fil-A want accounts. Upon discovery of this activity, Chick-fil-A immediately took steps to prevent any further unauthorized activity, began an investigation, and engaged a national forensics firm. The breach notification that was sent to customers continues saying, following a careful investigation, we determined that unauthorized parties launched an automated attack against our website and mobile app between December 18th, 2022 and February 12th, 2023, using account credentials, for example, email addresses and passwords obtained from a third-party source. Based on our investigation, we determined on February 12th, 2023, that the unauthorized party subsequently accessed information in your Chick-fil-A One account. Apparently, the threat actors behind the campaign targeted both the company website and mobile application. So before you order that crispy chicken sandwich, you might want to change your credentials just in case if you are a Chick-fil-A One user. 
From the Bitdefender blog, resident cybersecurity or recent cybersecurity study reveals the top states to suffer data breaches. Now, a recent study by Network Secured offers insights into cybersecurity risks <coughs> and data breach, excuse me, data breach exposure suffered by U.S. states by comparing data breach statistics from federal and state agencies alongside data gathered from nonprofit privacy. Excuse me, I got a little tickle in my throat. <clears throat> and identity theft reporting organizations. Although the independent advisory firm calls attention to a lack of accurate reporting of data breaches within the U.S., its analysis reveals some interesting points regarding the five U.S. states for data breaches. This includes California with 1,338 all-time reported data breaches, New York with 618, Texas with 581, Florida with 458, and Maryland with 343. Accurate reporting on data breaches is notoriously hard to come by. U.S. states and companies are largely not transparent about data breach information, the company explained. Some states don't even require recording until it has more than 10,000 people that are impacted. Now, it's no surprise that California holds the number one spot on the data breach reporting list, as the study shows that, quote, there are more data breaches in states where there are more companies. That kind of makes sense. Nevertheless, the state of California is also home to three of the worst 10 data breaches of 2022, including two linked to Twitter and the third to the Neopets data breach. Now, while New York reports less than half the number of data breaches of California, the study shows that a lack of public data breach record records deters security research. Now, in interestingly, the third worst state for data breaches, which is Texas, also has the highest state government budget for cybersecurity security and eight energy system as of 2021. I didn't really have a coughing firm. I was just trying to that's my story. I'm sticking to it. From SF Gate, hackers claim that Oakland ransomware attack leaks confidential data. So the group that was uh, responsible for the ransomware attack on Oakland in February has published confidential data, according to MS Soft, MS Soft threat analyst Brett Callow, who confirmed this to SFGate, which is a local newspaper in the Bay Area, though the contents have yet to be confirmed by SFGate. The group claims the leak contained 10 gigabytes of compressed data. The city of Oakland declined to provide comment to SFGate about the attack, instead referring back to its statement published earlier Friday. Now, on March 3rd, noon, weeks, or rather, after Oakland confirmed that it fell victim to the ransomware, the alleged attackers have came out to claim that the cyber attack and the detail of the extent of the purported conquest. Now, this is the hacker group Play Ransomware was the one that they claim responsibility for it. Um, according to a screenshot that was first obtained by Believing Computer, the group obtained access to, quote, private and personal confidential data, financial, government, and Etsy, et cetera, 
IDs, passports, employees, full info. The claim appears official and data should be leaked within about two hours, I believe. Um, the city of Oakland does appear aware of impending leak, but did not identify the group or confirm the validity of its claims. And I do not know if actually if that had actually come to occur. From the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA, CISA, just a note here, released the Decider tool to help with the MITRE attack mapping. On March 1st, CISA released Decider, a free tool to help the cybersecurity community map threat actor behavior to the MITRE attack framework. Now, this tool was created in partnership with the Homeland Security Systems Engineering and Development Institute, trademark. And because we have to have acronyms for everything, this is HSSEDI. I think it's just easier to actually say what it is. And MITRE, Decider, helps make mapping quick and accurate through guided questions, a powerful search and filter function, and a cart functionality that lets users export results to commonly used formats. Something like CSV and XML and those sorts of things. Network defenders, analysts, and researchers can see CISA's video fact sheet and blog to get started with Decider. CISA encourages the community to use the tool in conjunction with the recently updated best practices for MITRE attack mapping guide. Um, and you can get that guide if you go to the link that's in the show notes. And now, one of my favorite times when I'm not actually caught with a little bit of a dry throat on a live broadcast, which I am not going to edit out of the podcast rebroadcast because I just don't think that that needs to happen. I think that if you're going to rebroadcast something, you rebroadcast it as it was. But anyway, I digress. This is the top five list, the list for today. I take a list of something that caught my eye. This one is way out of my comfort zone, and that's why it caught my eye, because I am not a pen tester. I have maybe designs on going down that route a little bit more, just from a um, curiosity standpoint. But this list comes to us from HelpNet Security. It is five open source burp suite penetration testing extensions you should check out. Now, the reason why I chose this is because, again, I'm not a pen tester, so I can't really opine on these. I welcome feedback as to these, if you think that these are actually top five, if you're a pen tester and use Burp Suite. I have played a little bit with Burp Suite before in the past, and a little bit is probably giving it a lot more credit than what I actually did. But I do want to get back into that, doing more with all of that. Anyway, number one, Auth Analyzer helps you find authorization bugs. Navigate through the web app as a privileged user and let the auth analyzer repeat your request for any defined non-priv user. Well, that seems pretty good to you. It looks like almost like a repeat, um, I won't say attack, but just a playback, and but using different, uh, different accounts in order to see if maybe there's a priv escalation or something there. Auto Wasp is a burp suite extension that integrates burp issues logging with the OWASP web security testing guide. So this is a web security testing flow. This will guide new pen testers, hello, to understand the best practices of web application security and automate OWASP WSTG checks. I do use OWASP Zap on occasion um, for for basic uh, web application scanning. So that seems to be a little bit of extension there. Number three, Burp Bug Finder. It's written in Python that makes the discovery of web vulnerabilities accessible. 
There's no need to send XSS payload either to for reflected or stored payloads manually. You need to browse the pages where you want to check XSS cross-site scripting vulnerability. I'm assuming that that's XSS. I'm not that far out. Or error-based SQL injection. Number four, Nuclei is just a simple extension that allows you to run the Nuclei scanner directly from Burp Suite and transforms JSON results into the issues. Okay. I don't know what Nuclei is. I suppose I need to look into that, what the Nuclei scanner is. Number five, Pentap Master Mapper, rather, integrates the Burp Suite request logging with custom application testing checklist. This extension provides a straightforward flow for application penetration testing. So when we talk about flow, I guess that means that there are certain things that you would have to do in a certain order. I don't know that for sure, but I find this very interesting. The only thing that I need to find in order to pursue that interest is time. And that seems to be at a premium. And that's it for today. On a, another note, though, just a couple of wrap-up things. First of all, with regards to professional development, I had mentioned on this podcast a couple of months ago that I had taken advantage of a special on Tech Republic and downloaded and subscribed rather to a whole suite of tools that they say uh, retail was $1,500, paid like $35 for it, something like that. And I just finally found a little bit of that time to start digging into one. And so the first one that I've started to dig into is the is a course for the CCSP, the Cloud Certified Cloud Security Practitioner, I believe is the acronym for that. And I'm about 60% through it. Decent stuff. I think it may be enough to prepare me to take the CCSP in addition to the knowledge and the experience I have. And generally decent presentation, some spelling errors and um, a few instances where the instructor is referencing that they're gonna place something in with the show notes or with the um, course notes, I should say but then that that's not there. Now that could be user error on my part and I just haven't found it yet. Or it's maybe it's something that because they packaged everything up, it wasn't easy to um, get there. So anyway, I wanted to give an update on that um, because I said a few months ago that when I got the little slice of sli time to do that, that I would. So when I finish it and when and if I take the CCSP, I will report back on that. And then finally, tomorrow, got a great guest on the interview part of our podcast series. And Dave Sobel, he is the host of the Business Tech Podcast, joins us. Great conversation. He's had an awesome history. He's he's done a lot of work, owned a couple, uh, an MSP. And we talk about that. We talk about threats. We talk about what he's trying to do with his podcast. So I encourage you to not only listen to tomorrow's episode or watch tomorrow's episode, but also check out his podcast, the Business tech, or maybe it's business in tech podcast. I might've written that down wrong. Well, that's it for today. Appreciate you listening. And until next time, stay secure.